What's up, Military Millionaires? I'm your host, David Perret, and I am here with my wonderful co-host, Mr. Alexander Felice, and my friend, Marty Tyler, who invests in the same market I do, and he's been in the Air National Guard for 20 years. Marty and I have gotten to become friends over the last uh, probably two and a half years or so, ever since I invited him to lunch, or he invited me to lunch, and then I invited like seven or eight other people and didn't actually get to talk to him most of the lunch. And then I've been basically in his debt now for like a year. But uh, anyway, so Marty is a solid investor in my area and a friend and Air National Guard, but he also has probably the coolest story for purchasing a house of, or one of the coolest stories that I know. And so I was like, dude, I got to get you on the show. We got to talk about this. And here we are. Welcome to the Military Millionaire Podcast, where we teach service members, veterans, and their families how to build wealth through personal finance, entrepreneurship, and real estate investing. I'm your host, David Perret, and together with my co-host, Alex Felice, we're here to be your no BS guides along the most important mission you'll ever embark on, your finances. Vehicle one, you're clear to depart friendly lines. Roger, Vic One, Oscar Mike. Uh, so, Marty, how are you? What's up, guys? Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Welcome to the show, brother. Yeah. So, I guess I, the first thing I normally do is just say, hey, tell us a little bit about yourself and you know, a little bit of how you got into real estate. We'll start there, and then I'm going to itch to get into this fun one. All right, cool. Yeah, so um, I joined the Air Force in 2001, right before September 11th. Uh, I've always just kind of been um, like in real estate. I like to watch HGTV on that income property. It just always seemed to make sense to me. And so um, when I got out of active duty seven years later, I built a garage that I put an apartment on top so I could rent it. And uh, so I did that. And then I've just kind of been buying stuff, uh, did a couple flips and decided buy and hold was my area that I liked. So i um, been doing that pretty hot and heavy over the last couple of years. Simple enough. I like it. Yeah. Do you still have the apartment over the garage? Yep. I got somebody renting it right now. That's cool. So my thousand dollar mortgage, I only pay five hundred bucks after. Let them pay half my mortgage for me. I like it. That's pretty sweet. Yeah. Yeah. So house hackish, I guess. <laughs> house hackish, but you get to still keep a little bit of your independence. I love that. Yeah. 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 Nobody's. We share a driveway. That's it. Yeah. That's cool. All right. So we can, uh, I'm just going to go right into it because this one's fun. So um, I guess the preface for this was that Marty and I were talking about some tax lien stuff because there's some, so there's some auctions in town. And I was like, man, you know, I was trying to do these auctions, but I'm still out of state. And you have to be there in person. And I was just talking about it. I think I posted about it in a Facebook group. Marty's like, oh, I've done that. So we start talking, whatever. And uh, I knew he'd done some cool deals with it and bought some houses that way. But then we were home recently and, uh, well, I'll just let you tell the story of, uh, you know, which deal I'm talking about. Yeah. So, um, so I started here lately, been going to like, uh, estate auctions where there's, um, uh, auctioning the real estate and I was able to get a couple of sweet deals on there. And so then, um, I saw the tax liens for our County come across the local newspaper. And so I, uh, told my wife, I said, Hey, I'm going to go there. I'm going to buy some land just so we can kind of figure it out. I said, worst case scenarios, we end up with some land that we can ride our four wheelers on and that sort of stuff. So she's like, cool, go for it. So I go there and the very first house they auction off and it's like, I don't know, 2000 bucks and nobody's bid. So I was like, all right, I'll throw my hand up. Right. So, 
Um, so I ended up winning. And then I ended up winning like three auctions for houses at like, I don't know, six grand total or something. So I got no clue what I'm doing. Um, then the auction is over and everybody starts leaving. So I'm just kind of standing around there. And the uh, guy goes, well, I'm going to auction off these properties that haven't sold in the last three years. I'm going to auction them off starting with a $90 bid. And so I was like, wait a minute. So it's just 90 bucks. And he's like, yeah. And so I was like, all right, I'll take that one. And so he did a couple of them at 90 bucks. And so I got them both. So I ended up with five properties on this visit. So I had no clue what I was doing. Um, I walked up to the guys like, well, how much do I owe? And so, you know, he was telling me, so I was writing him out a check and he's like, Hey, those two um, houses that you bid 90 bucks on. I said, yeah. He said, you get immediate possession of those two houses. You don't have to wait the year and do all that other stuff like you do with the other ones. You just, you can have it. So I was like, cool. He's like, well, you got to go to the city and make sure there's no fines. So I did that. I don't know. I paid a couple hundred bucks for each one or something like that. So they give me this address and it's in town where I'm at. So I just drive over there and I knock on the door and I said, Hey, I now own this place. You either got to pay rent or get out. And so it's this dude, young kid, he's kind of tweaking and stuff on drugs. It looked like, and he's like, well, it's my dad's house. And I was like, all right, here's my number. Tell him he's got to call me quick. Otherwise I'm going to evict you. So a couple of days later, this guy calls me and, uh, He's like, hey, that's my house. I was like, all right. So you either got to pay rent or get out. And he's like, well, how much do I would it cost me to buy it back from you? And I hadn't even thought about it, didn't even know anything about it. And I just said 25000 And he said, can I pay you 350 bucks a month? And I said, yep. And so I went to the lawyer, drew up the contract, and he's paid me 18 months of 350 bucks a month. It's <laughs> pretty good. <laughs> yeah, you got a 200 return every month <laughs> every month yeah so i think i added it up i think i told you i got like 250 bucks into the deal total and yeah so he's paid me he's paid me like 4500 bucks so far <laughs> that's pretty good what about the other ones um so the other one was just a vacant lot um the, the, the city had torn the house down. It was a house fire and they tore it down. And so that was uh, a vacant lot. I kept it for about a year trying to sell it. I literally just sold it last week. So I had probably a thousand dollars total in it and I sold it for 3,500 bucks for just a little piece of property. Let me, with the guy, the first guy that's paying yep. you rent, mm-hmm. <clears throat> how did he rent lose down. it? That's what he was so, doing? Well, so that's what he's doing to me. So he called me and said, I'm an over the road truck driver. And my wife was supposed to be paying the bills. She didn't. And she's left me. And he's like, I don't want to lose my house. And I was like, okay, man. So I just, I just rattled off that number. Like I said, I hadn't even thought about it. He just said how much to do it. I was uh, 25 grand. Did you look later? How, How far off were you? I've never set foot in that house, man. I didn't, I didn't care. I mean, you know, if you turn 250 yeah. bucks into 25 grand, I mean, I got zero complaints. So yeah, he deposits does. it in my account every, oh, the first of every month, man. He's been late a couple of times. I've, I've threatened to evict him and, you know, that sort of stuff a couple of times. But ever since then, man, he's paid. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> so those are those deals that just get you, get you Jones and man, like, oh my God, that's so awesome. Well, and you kept some of the, did you get to close on? So the other three that you got tax lien. So for those of you who don't know, and I haven't done this, but correct me if I'm wrong, but uh tax lien, you buy the lien. If they 
uh, pay you back. They have a year to pay you back. If they do, I think it's a minimum 10% interest that you get on whatever you paid for the tax lien. And then if they don't pay you back, then you can essentially foreclose through the city. Um, yep. Did you end up getting to keep any of those or did they all pay you out? So I had uh, one pay me out and I got two properties. So, so one, I made my 10% on and then I've got two houses that, you know, I've had to put some money in, um, but it's minimal, minimal investment. And then I got long-term buying holds. So you essentially paid like 7,500 bucks at an option for five homes. Well, yes. four homes and a lot. Four homes and a lot. Kept, like, yeah. And so, I mean, if you think about it, I've already made all my money back on everything and I have two long-term buying holds out of it. Plus he still owes me another 20 grand or whatever. Yeah. Do you, have you done that since? Have you gone back and done more tax purchases like that? Yeah. So this year I did, that was two years ago this year. I did another one. So I'm currently in my one year waiting period. I went to a different County to try to see if that would kind of spice it up, but that County didn't do the $90 thing. So next year I'm going back to that County to test the $90. <laughs> Yeah. As soon as that happened, I'd have been like, I'm going to go back to see if I can get another, how many more of these you got? <laughs> I know, man. I, shot it. I, I was just brand new. So I was just like, well, I'll, I'll just roll the dice on these two and see what happens. And so, yeah, next year I'll buy all of them. Worst case scenario is I'm out 90 bucks. Yeah. yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. You can't, can you get stuck with any real liens? I mean, so, I mean, like the two that I have have liens against the previous owners. And so I can never sell it but I can rent them out forever because they're mine. They just have liens against the property from previous owners. Gotcha. So they can't come back to me, but I can't sell it like through a bank, through the MLS. Without, without That's the only that part of it. Yeah, without gotcha. either satisfying the liens or going with an attorney and paying a couple grand, which I may do that eventually, but for right now, I've just got it in my name with liens against it. The biggest bummer in our area is that every auction goes on the same day. So you yes. can't, so like Marty and I were joking about it. It was like, dude, we could just like roadshow every county in the next, <laughs> like within 50 miles, we'll go on that day. But it's the same day. So I mean, literally, like we've we've joked yeah. about it. But like when I get back there, we'll find like two or three people and be like, all right, this is what we're. <laughs> this is the criteria. You go to this county. 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 And and we're basically rolling the lotto here for if we can find some like a thousand dollar house that you know at that point. I mean, it's kind of like we were talking about with Matt earlier. Like, okay, if you lose a thousand dollars on a house it's not the end of the world, especially if the upside is potentially, you know, 10 X hundred X, you know, whatever. So, yeah. Yeah. So like one of them, I think. Yeah. So the one I just here recently finished, I I put 3000 down for the tax lien and I probably put eight or 10 grand in it, fixing it up to get it rentable, but I'm in it for 13, 15 grand. And I've got a long-term rental of 500 bucks a month. You know, that's pretty, what is that? the three percent rule three and a half percent rule something like that <laughs> so <laughs> do we do we talk about your your division duplex on here because <laughs> oh, if, if, if we do i mean i wasn't trying to i wasn't trying to rub salt in the wound but like you know there, there are people listening my point with the just be there are people listening to this who would just like cringe because it's, it's a risk right it's a gamble it's a you don't know what's yeah. going to happen with these tax liens but the reality is like you bought a property that should have been perfectly fine Right. A duplex mm -hmm. on a on a street that is a major thoroughfare in the area. Division is a, you know, uh, east west. I've got a property. I got two properties that are within one block of division and I'm closing on a division house in two weeks. Um, 
and you just ended up in this thing that happened to be the wrong block of division. <laughs> and you've, I, I would be willing to bet that that one property that was bought the right way, renovated the right way, and, and everything was done like the normal way is probably more stressful than all of these things combined. So it's like, yes, for sure. Yeah. I've, I've, I've wasted more time and dollars and, uh, man hours of thought and, and that sort of stuff on that duplex. And I probably have on all my tax liens altogether. And that was, yeah, like you said, I bought that through a wholesaler, uh, did the renovations, did the burr, you know, all that stuff that, you know, that everybody talks to you about that you're supposed to do. And it just hasn't worked out. So now it's, it's the, it's the last thing on my list. And so now I'm concentrating on only that and I'm just kind of blocking out everything else until I can get that up and running, hopefully. Although our boy Wes may have a buyer for it. So oh. yeah, our, <laughs> just our trying boy to Wes might have a buyer for my 10 unit right now. I don't know. Nice. So it's a weird market that we live in. Yeah. Do you have any problems so, with um, pivoting? Please. I, I have a problem with, oh, Do you have any problems with um, pivoting like that? Like I can't, I can't do more than, I can't, it's hard, very hard for me to focus on more than one thing at a time. So for me, you know, I can, I can multitask pretty good, but you know, that's in a little bit different market. I've never done a duplex. I've never done one downtown. And so I was, I figured that I could use my systems in place on that property and it, it hasn't worked. And so now I just need to turn it over to a property manager and just do it that way. And so it's just, you know, it's an hour from my house. And so I just kind of, so I, got I wouldn't you. say it's hard to, hard to pivot, but it's just everything that I thought would happen with it hasn't happened. It's just been the, you know, I, I wouldn't guess it just, I wouldn't say it's hard for you to pivot. Why don't you talk about your other totally not similar at all property that's right around from where you live? The man owns Which a laundromat. Oh yeah, I own a laundromat. Yeah, oh, hey, so. oh, him. Um, no, but well, no. It's one thing. It's one thing to have multiple feeds. I just mean, like, can can you buy the laundromat and the you know do the rentals at the same time? You know what I mean? Yes. Can you go in yeah. acquisition mode for both? Yeah, I can. I I can do that, but it's just it's one of those things where if my normal system isn't working, then then I just kind of put it off to the side. You know what I mean? It's got to fit in my in my lane of what I can do. Yeah. And if it doesn't, then, then it throws me off a little bit, I guess. Yeah, I get that. I can't, if I had to, um, I love my partner so much. If I had to actually do the things he did, he does, I'd be dead in the water in a week. Yeah. I, I can't do any of that stuff. I can't actually do anything. I'm just good at getting people. <laughs> just good at getting everybody else to do it. <laughs> yeah. 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 So, so, I mean, you know, the way I manage my properties, I manage everything myself, but I do it through a VA. And so down there in that market, it's a little different to get tenants and it's a little different. So she's not able to do that and I'm not able to communicate with her on how to do it. So I've got to be able to do it all. And so when it just started to go off the rails, I was just like, throw it off to the side. Like I can't. Yeah. Don't try to do the things like outsource it. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So now it's just Outsourcing. fix it up, get it to a property manager and let them deal with it or let somebody buy it. <laughs> I think there's a really, really good moral in there. And Alex just hit the nail on the head is a lot of people get when they get into something and it stops, you know, it's not your, your zone. It's like, well, how do I learn how to do this? How do I, and there's, there's a time and a place for that, but there's absolutely something to be said for the ability to just say, Nope, this is not me. 
Like, I mean, we joke about it all the time, but like the reason I use a property manager, I would be the worst freaking property manager in the world. So I don't do it. I don't touch it. I won't touch it. Not my thing. Um, and I think there's a lot of power in that. And unfortunately people get sucked into trying to do everything themselves. And, uh, yeah, I, I don't know that playing to your weaknesses is a, ever really a, a good idea. Yeah. So that's been my concentration for 2021 is I bought a couple houses, you know, regular bigger pockets, 1% rule off the MLS, that kind of stuff. And, and they are, they were my two worst performing properties just because that's not what I'm good at. That's not what I, that's not for me. And so I've already offloaded one of them uh, in the next six months, I'll offload the other one. And so I'll have nothing but either multifamilies, small multifamilies or tax liens. And then that's it. I'm just concentrating on those. Other people can do the bigger pockets, 1% rules, all that stuff. Let them deal with that. I'm not doing it. Yeah, I go more by rather than trying to figure out what I what my strengths and weaknesses are, I just kind of figure out what I like. And so uh, and the first way that I notice it for myself is procrastination. If I find myself procrastinating, it's like whatever that I've set myself up for, I've told myself I'm gonna do a job that I don't like. Cause if I'm if I'm not, if it's something that I'm actively procrastination is like the most noticeable. We know when we do it. So people, but they, you know, it's like, it feels normal, but it's actually not. Or how do I say it? It's more like, it's your body telling you that you don't want to do something. If you don't want to do it, trying to build a business around something you don't want to do is not a long-term viable strategy. Cause like you said, you're like, I just, I don't want to do it. What's the fuck's right. point? Right. There's not enough money in it. I promise you, there's not enough money in it for you to voluntarily do something you don't want to do. So for me, um, Certainly going towards things uh, are uncomfortable or getting out of your comfort zone and growth. And that's all certainly part of it. But for me, the first thing I notice is um, procrastination. If I don't want to do something and my body is like really re resenting me for it, really putting off, it's like outsource it. Yeah. yeah. I don't want yeah, to hear in the, the phrase I've been hearing a lot lately. I guess it's kind of becoming a buzzword, but is the like, does this feel heavy or does this feel light? Like when you think about it, like the moment you think of having to do something, are you like immediately like, oh, okay. Or, uh, you know, and it's like, oh, there's your answer. And I've been trying to kind of use that as a filter a little bit more frequently. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I agree. I've been kind of doing that too. And that's why I think about those properties where I have a mortgage. And so, you know, thinking of how am I going to pay the mortgage without somebody in there? you know, that part weighs on me. And so that does feel heavy with tax liens. I own it outright. It can sit there for a month until I find the right tenant, or if I'm busy with this project over here and I got to do something else, then, then that's, that's what I, you know, just leave it there. So, but Alex, going back to your point, like I enjoy the, the chase and the, you know, the auction format and trying to find a sweet deal and that sort of stuff. That's my favorite part of, of it. And so, that's why the biggest part of my strategy going forward is going to be the, you know, auctions, estate auctions, tax lien auctions, that sort of stuff, because that is my favorite part of this whole thing. You know what I mean? And so dealing with the BS to get them is all, is worth it to me because of all the fun I have. Yeah. That's my least favorite part, to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't want to do that. Actually, I keep all, all this, this whole conversation with me telling you, I don't do any of these things. <laughs> <laughs> so what do you do exactly? Right now I'm trying, uh, right now my, yeah, my hair looks good. <laughs> right now my current strategy is I'm going to try to find somebody to find me a deal, find somebody to pay for it, find somebody else to do the underwriting. And then I'm going to put my name on it. 
<laughs> it's that's, funny that's like but it sounds true it sounds that's, pretty true that's, yeah that's basically i did a lot of work in the last one actually um and i'm sure i'll work on the next one but um that's my current plan i like it <laughs> but oh, yeah i mean man. deal hunting like at an auction yeah i'd get so um i mean it's exciting I've done, i used to do it cars but um yeah not for me like it's hard for me to get out. I hate getting the momentum machine because deal flow is about keeping that pipeline filled. Yeah. You know, and you go to the auction, maybe, maybe you hit, maybe you bust. I got to go back. You know, it's like, you got, yeah. it's a, it's a process. You don't get it. You don't just show It's not inventory. Right. It's yeah. not inventory. Like, like I wish, I wish it was inventory. It's like, yeah, this is what's going to work. We're going to buy it like this. Da, da, da. I'll put it together. You, I'll tell everybody how to do it. <laughs> <laughs> so, so we kind of skipped over the, I mean, we talked tax liens briefly, but we skipped over the estate sales. I'm kind of curious, like you for, I, I haven't really talked to anyone before who's done estate auctions. I don't even know that you and I had mentioned that talked estate sale auctions. Like, I guess my question would be like, what, you know, where are you finding those? Is that Craigslist, like random Craigslist ads? And kind of what is that? I would just be curious. I've done, uh, this sound like a very Missouri thing to say, but I've been to a cattle auction and bought a bull that way, but oh, I've not bought a house. So, um, way to go all country on us. I know, I know. <laughs> that thing made me some money. <laughs> so, the first house that I bought outside of my rental at my house was I was just driving by and saw a sign that said estate auction. And then it was like house, house for sale or something or whatever. And it had this phone number on there. And so I called the guy and I'm just like, Hey, can I come look at the house? He's like, sure. Just some good, good old boy lets me in there. And so that's when my, um, you know, thoughts on HGTV and these income properties and stuff was kind of just kicking in. It was like, it had a full basement that was unfinished. It was all 1970s, that sort of stuff. And so I was just like, boom, boom, boom. So then I showed up the day of the auction and there's only 25 people there and only four or five of us were interested in the house. Everybody else was interested in grandma's old recliner and that sort of stuff. And so then I just had to beat out five people. And so I ended up winning it. We flipped it. I made every mistake in the book it was my first one. And I still made 15 grand on it. So then a couple months later, I'm driving by again. I see another one. And I show up and the guy's like, hey, it's these two houses. I'm going to auction off both of them. I was like, cool. One I was interested in, one I wasn't. And so I start bidding and it was literally me and this old guy just bidding against each other. And so I got this house for 16 grand. And the guy walks up to me and he says, I'll sell you the one next door for 16 grand if you want it. I was like, all right, cool. So I ended up with both houses for 32 grand. So, I mean, so, I mean, I, I'm on, you know, Facebook and all that stuff. I like all the local auction companies and that sort of stuff. And as soon as I see one, that's going to be, you know, it'll say like real estate auction or something. And so I'll go, you know what I mean? Or I'll contact the, the, uh, auction house or whatever. And then I'll say, Hey, is there a reserve on there? Because then if there is, and I know I'm probably not getting a deal, then I really won't go at uh, time, but some of them will be like, Nope, no reserve. And so I went to a couple of them. I didn't win. It went too high for me, but I always go just in case. Cause you know, it just takes that one small chance that it's just you and an, and an, and an old man. And you know, he's just bidding on it just cause or whatever. And so then I only have to beat beat out the people that are there. I don't have to beat out everybody on the MLS or everybody on the, you know, whatever. It's just whoever's there. Yeah. So All for right. us here locally, it's a pretty sweet, sweet gig. If you can find them. 
feel like I should probably yes. preface for people who don't know this, but we're we're obviously not in San Diego. We're talking $16,000 house. So just know <laughs> that as amazing as a $16,000 house is, right? Like I'm buying one for 13 in two days. Like there's a reason that it's <laughs> usually that price, right? Like I'm not buying a $13,000 house to turn around and rent it for $2,000 a month. So yeah, um, no. Just want to make sure I, I put that put, in context. Yeah, I had to put probably fifteen grand into both of them into you know total. So I mean, I was probably fifty grand total. But I got two, and you know, rent rent here is dirt cheap, so I got two, you know, four hundred dollar rentals or what out of it. So still good return, but yeah. you know, yeah, like you said, I mean, I'm not. Yeah, we're not talking mansions either. You showed up. Exactly. That's all it takes, man. Just show up. I go to these things. You know, tax sales, I show up. State auctions, I just show up. And and that's what it took at the beginning. And that's what it's still taking now. Like, even when I find some now, it's just showing up. And then, you know, eventually you got to put it out. You know, you got to push your chips in the middle. You know what I mean? Yeah, I've, you got to make the bet. Yeah, for sure. You, know, you got you to just but, do it once. Hey, guys, I want to talk to you real quickly about PropStream, which is actually one of my favorite platforms that I've ever used for real estate investing. And I really wish I'd used it sooner. So PropStream is essentially if you combined list source with the MLS or multiple listing service with the ability to comp and pull tax records and all kinds of stuff. So you can pull super, super, super niche lists like a somebody who inherited a home and tried to sell it and has 70% equity and failed to sell the home. And then you can send them letters. You can pull all kinds of listing and just more data than I even know what to do with. But you can also, if they have a property, you can see what else they own and you can do all kinds of stuff. You can skip trace. You can send mailers. You can do, I mean, everything through this platform. And I recommend you check it out. There's like a two-week free trial if you use our code, which is for militarymillionaire.com slash propstream or down in the show notes slash description. You'll see it. And uh, I recommend you check it out because I've used it now for four months and I've got four deals that were all pulled through PropStream lists. So it is incredible. But people are like, they're afraid to bet. I'm like, you're not even at the auction. Like you're not even, exactly. Like you're like, oh, I'm afraid to buy the house. I'm like, how many bids have you put in? None. It's like, bro, you know, you're not, you're not in any danger. Like you got to get closer to the fire, but you got to get burned a little bit, you know, to get this, to, to get it done. Like you get burned, yeah. you got to get close at least, right? Um, exactly. As long as you know, you got to the casino before you can even put your. You Nobody, know, nobody's going to force you to go over whatever your max is. As long as you know what your max yeah. is and you don't go over it. Yeah, you yeah. bid low in the first few just to be like ultra safe. You're like, hey, that's a deal at fifty. Offer forty. Okay, well they said no. Now I'm now I want it. Now I saw. <laughs> then you see it sold for fifty, and you're like, well, shit, I would have taken it at fifty. You know, then you yeah. So you got to get a little closer. But I love that showing up. Um, every time I have like no momentum. This last few weeks, I've been going through a momentum problem because all my big projects ended in December, at the end of December. And so now it's like, how do you um, get a deal? How do you get this video project done? How do you get the next multifamily? It's like, just start, just start burning the phone down, be showing up, like just letting everybody know, just networking, showing up, telling everybody what's got, yeah. what's got going on, pound and pavement. You should have set some New Year's resolutions, Alex. I set them all the time. <laughs> I said, I said, I said, shut up. <laughs> Hashtag new year, new me. I do. I, you know what? I have a problem though, because if I get on the treadmill, if I get on the motive, the pipeline treadmill, where it's like, I'm constantly in momentum working mode, I get sick of it that I'm lazy. And so then I'm like, I work for myself and I'm not happy. This sucks. So then I, I get frustrated. So now I try to like, I, uh, I do it now. I do it in this very, very volatile situation where I get a bunch of projects going, overload myself, get excited, 
keep at it. Like I'll, I'll keep the momentum going, but I'll be stressed out and then I'll close them all at once and then I'll have nothing to do. And then I get bored and depressed and I start the whole process over again. Healthy, yeah, highly unhealthy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is unhealthy. what you have to look forward to in retirement, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. So, so yeah, I mean, I, I agree. Just, just show up. You know, I told somebody today, you know, he was like, what's the best piece of advice? And I was just like, whatever you're on the fence about, buy it. You're either going to make money or you're going to lose money. Either way, you're going to win because you gained the experience. You figured it out, that sort of stuff. So you just got to keep showing up, man. Now, now I'm out there. I've showed up to enough of these auctions. I'll get messages from people saying, Hey, I'm going to auction this house off on this day. You should come because they know that like it, you know, more, more people coming is going to be more money for them, but it's also going to be a sweet deal for me. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's the power of word of mouth. Yeah. It's just, just that's compounded. Um, you know what I mean? And like, like, that's that's yeah, showing up sorry. compounded. That's what when you when you show up enough and people know you as a buyer, they know that you're a player because you've showed up enough times. Then the showing up comes to you. Hey, here's the deal. Hey, yeah. that's what you should be at. Hey, yep. here's an opportunity. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like these two houses in Nobnos we were talking about before the thing started. I didn't do anything. This lady contacted me. She's like, "Hey, I'm getting out of the game. I just got married. You want you want to buy these two houses?" I was like, "Yep." So we had, yep. she gave me sweet terms and. There you go. I didn't do anything with it. I can only imagine how wonderful this town is because I live or am familiar with your area and have never heard of that place. So it's the town right outside of Whiteman Air Force Base. Oh. I'm yeah, I'm gonna okay. rent to military people like a chimp. Yeah. No, that makes so. sense. That's cool though. That's awesome. Probably better yeah. tenant base than some of our clientele. <laughs> than what we're currently getting. <laughs> Yeah. So what's next? I mean, obviously, if you're focused on focus on tax auctions, right? So and, and auctions and stuff. I mean, that's that's not really. A, I would imagine not a really a scalable. Uh, I mean, you're kind of waiting, right? Like you're kind of in the wait, like waiting in the weeds. Like, all right, where's the next? Where's the next thing coming? Like, do you, is that? Do you care? Is that is that the the game, or do you have plans to? Yeah, I don't know. So I just you know I, I like David Osborne, and he's just like get a property a year, and so that's. That's my goal. So small multifamilies, I'm, I'm, I'm after, you know, I can sort of look for those on the MLS and word of mouth and stuff. But, you know, I bought a tax lien last year that'll hopefully come due this year that I'll I'll take possession of the property and then I'll go to the tax lien this year and hopefully at least get one for next year. And so I'm just going to kind of keep keep rolling it. Um, you know, I'll still show up to real estate auctions and stuff here locally that they don't happen all the time. So, you know. Like Alex said, I'll just show up and then, you know, if the, if the, if the, uh, you know, perfect thing presents itself, I'll be ready. You know, I'll keep showing up, but you know, I'm okay. I got my one house for this year. So that's just, it. just keep that. adding to that. Yeah. Keep adding to it. Especially, you know, especially now in this market where it's everything's so, uh, squeezed anyways, um, there'll be plenty of time to go fast, you know, when it's not so competitive. Yeah. You know, right now it's like, oof, the time to rush. You don't need to rush right now. It's hard. It's hard to rush right now. Uh, I I, I kind of do that where I'm like, dude, one one. I'm gonna do flips, but like one big property a year. That's gonna kind of where I'm where I'm thinking to go to. Yeah, and you know that way it doesn't put a whole lot of stress on you. Like you said, you know what I mean. You're just all all you're doing is just kind of waiting. You're still doing your research. You're still putting feelers out there, 
and, and when the situation presents itself, you'll jump all over it and then you'll be okay with it. But you know, if two present itself, I'm ready. If none present itself, that's okay. You know what I mean? I just, I'm just trying to just keep adding, man. You know what I mean? Yeah. It'll, it'll all average it's, out. Yeah. It's just, um, you know, it's good to hear. It's, uh, it's good to hear when your ego is not in control. A lot of people, you know, it's a lot of ego. Yeah. I got to do all this stuff right away. It's, I mean, it's good. It's admirable. It's admirable to be ambitious, but it's, it can get away from you. So I, I identify with this way more where it's like one property a year. It's, it stresses me out buying those big deals, especially it stresses me out one a year. I, I add to cash flow. I don't have to worry about so much about like, you know, keeping the momentum machine going to stay a lot, like to keep the thing, the movement alive. Just like one a year goes to perpetuity. Yeah. Like these wholesalers and stuff, man, where they're always just jobbing and stuff, trying to find that next deal or these flippers that, I mean, I decided a long time ago, that ain't for me. You know what I mean? I just, I just want to be there if the situation presents itself and then it's, it's fine. If it does, it's fine. If it doesn't. Yeah. You know, uh, and that I attitude is here. Go ahead. Sorry. Oh, I said, I started flipping this year, but kind of just, just so I don't do it back to work. Cause I hate it for the same reason where it's like, I'm, I, I got to get in that search mode and, and then I need a deal. And then uh, you mentioned wholesalers and yeah, I think they're, you know, they're all really doing really well with the markets up. I worry. It's like, you know, a lot of them really learn to be good business, but you know, when the momentum is behind them, it works really good. As soon as it's not, it's like, as soon as the buyers slow down, it's gonna be tough. Yeah. That's why, that's why the flipping business doesn't interest me at all because you know, the bag is, you're going to be the one holding the bag when the, when the market quits, you know what I mean? And yeah, do you want to be holding yeah. onto that property? So that ain't for me, man. It's for some people. Great. I'll help them. You know what I mean? But it ain't for me. I don't want it. So I just, stick with what I want. I enjoy the crap out of it. And, you know, like you said, man, just zero ego about it. Yeah. Uh, I have a lot of ego. So I'm, yeah, specifically you. I don't, we don't relate in that way. Yeah. <laughs> but you hide it real well. It doesn't show up on Facebook or anything like that. No, no right. No. Very, very <laughs> oh boy. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. Oh man. <laughs> And then, uh, Dave, and also to add on to your question, I kind of like the laundromat, you know, the it's, it's challenging and I'm sort of figuring that out. So I may try to expand that a little bit this year. I've kind of went on to that biz buy sell or whatever it's called and, uh, put in a couple offers for some laundromats and that sort of stuff. So I may try and expand that this year. Well, I was going to wait till we uh, got off the call, but I still got a washer dryer dose <laughs> sitting in my, 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 uh, they got brought up from the barn to the garage. You uh, let me know next time you're headed towards Springfield. Ooh, yeah. It's like right off the, it's right off the highway. I'm telling my wife, yo, open the garage. Take a look. Let me know if you want to. <laughs> okay. I, I, for anyone who's listening to this, wondering what the hell I'm talking about. I bought a monstrous building that required to have coin laundry for tenants. And it was, I bought brand new coin laundry and it was great. I no longer have said building, but I had paid for the coin laundry. So you best believe I took the damn things with me thinking, Oh yeah, I'll buy another big property soon. Yeah. And so now I've had them sitting in a barn like, okay, yeah. When I, when I buy the next property, these things are going to be great. And it's been like three years and I'm like, okay, I haven't like the property I bought had a contract for coin laundry and I can't get out of the damn contract yet. So I still have my own coin laundry. So I'm like, all right, you know what? <laughs> if Marty has use for these things, yeah. like, 
enjoy because yeah, they're, we'll uh, they're just chilling <laughs> right now. Alex, I see that you're getting in on laundry too. Um, I, uh, so I made a post on Instagram today, uh, at the, I bought a 52 unit and it has a little community room and there's some washers and dryers in there. It's that's all it is. It's, I don't know. You can come get them five sets. No, uh, I'm actually gonna, I'm gonna go get more because they're actually in heavy use. And so I'm like, uh, so we're going to do two things. We're going to install wash dryer hookups into half of our 52 units. And then we're going to add a few more washers and dryers into the community space. And I think we're going to, we have a vending machine. So I've never owned a vending machine either. Now I own a vending machine. I mean, these are like really small businesses. These are not like big money makers, but I think I want to say on the pro forma, the vending machine and the wash machine, wash and dryer hookup, like they made a thousand, twelve hundred dollars a month, something like that. It was pretty oh, good. Wow. Yeah. Did that, does that sound right? That sounds like an awful lot for just a few machines, but Hey, then again, the I could be wrong. For but I remember it could be a lot more for a load where you are than it is for yeah, true. where we are. Hey, yeah. I, I don't remember the exact numbers, but I remember thinking that sounded like a lot. Yeah. I remember thinking <laughs> that sounds like a lot. Okay. Well, that's what they're reporting. So, I mean, they put in their financials. So we're going to go in there and we're going to, um, we're going to stock that vending machine and we're going to, I said, you know what we're going to do? I'm going to put an ATM in here. That's what I'm going to do. And so I, uh, I have, I'm on this little bug for the last day or so where um, all these little, you know, dollar machines. And I got a whole bunch of these ideas where I'm like, what if we could collect dollars from people all over? We get vending machines everywhere. (laughs) Like as if I just figured this fucking thing out. (laughs) You just got to figure out how many of your clientele like to smoke pot. And then you just multiply that by the number of vending machines you need for munchies. You're good. Yeah, so on, on Instagram, in so on Instagram, I wrote, what should I fill my vending machine up with? And I put a poll and it was hot Cheetos or super hot Cheetos. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely those. Yeah. I like the lime. I like the hot Cheetos with the lime. That's yeah. nobody. Nobody can relate to that. Nobody else likes that but you. Oh, I appreciate you, Alex. You're a wonderful human <laughs> being. <laughs> I know, right? Alex, if you buy one of those changers, man, make sure you bolt that that thing to the wall somebody jacked mine cost me like 450 bucks for a new one uh yeah we're gonna bolt it to the uh ground is what i was thinking yeah bolt. and it's indoors it's bolt indoors. the bejesus out of it yeah so yeah, so was mine in- somebody went in there snipped the wire threw it in a trash can and carried the trash can outside <laughs> oh we don't have a changer in there i was gonna get a full eight i guess i was gonna put a full atm in there i didn't think about a coin changer yeah, get a coin changer. Yeah, it'll 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 increase your business for sure. I should do that too. Yeah, or you know, what I should do. Can I just make them? Can I just make the washers and dryers take dollars? Can I make them take credit cards? That's what I really want to do. <laughs> I looked into the credit card thing. It's it's freaking expensive, man. Yeah, I imagine. Yeah, the transaction. Because I, awesome. I want I wanted that too. You know what I mean? Um. Yeah, I'll have to get a I'll have to get a change machine. That's a good idea. Yeah. Yeah. It'll it'll that. increase your business for sure. See, yeah, the power of being around people who are doing stuff you want to do. <laughs> too long, that's why. That's why I'm here. Yeah, <laughs> I, uh, I, I was a little worried when I first saw it. I was like, "Damn, you know, community laundry at night." But the area is really good, thankfully. Not really good. Yeah. It's got a community laundry, but it's um, it's uh, it's pretty good. So I'm not too worried about it. But I lived in I an did. apartment with community laundry at one point, and I used it religiously. Was in fact, nice I was single the at the time, and I actually got a date out of said laundry room at one point. So, you know, I used to mingle yeah, down there, read a book, watch my laundry go, and chat at everyone that came in. It's real. It was a real jamming laundromat. 
And now she's Mrs. Perry. <laughs> no, no, no. I recruited her out of a high school when I was a recruiter. Ah, there you go. <laughs> she was the counselor. <laughs> Don't tell my command. <laughs> yeah, it was yeah, the we'll, running we'll, joke. We'll at one. That one. It was like the running joke at one point because like there was like literally a recruiter school. They're like, do not date faculty. And I'm over here like, well, well, I mean, I mean, is a counselor yeah. a faculty? <laughs> you know, <laughs> it, like the whole command knew my CEO wasn't invited to the wedding, and then you know it was kind of like a running joke, but whatever. Yeah. Anyway, it's um, not the worst crime. No, I mean like, it worked <laughs> out right. Like it could have been a lot worse. Their whole their whole fear was that if you date said teacher or counselor, and then it's a really bad breakup. Now the Marine Corps can't recruit from that school because they won't let you in the school over, you know, whatever. And I'm like, I could see that. Yeah. Marines have a really great track record with bad breakups. So yeah. But typical military make a big deal on nothing. Yeah, you know. There are worse, worse things out there. All right. So Marty. Got a few questions we always ask every guest. Right. So sure. the first, the first one is if uh, like a one E2 is to walk up to you asking you for advice, real estate, life, whatever. Like what's the one thing that you wish someone had pulled you aside when you were a, a young airman and said, you should know this. Don't compare yourself to anybody else. Just do you be you, um, you know, don't buy the car because somebody else bought the car. Don't buy the fancy house. Cause someone else did, um, you know, don't date the chick because somebody else is dating her sister or whatever. Just do you. Um, and, and yeah, just, just live your life. I like that. I think the whole keeping up with the Joneses thing is super dangerous. Yeah. It's so, so overblown, man. I'm also get really to be 40. Yeah. I mean, I mean, we all did it. You know what I mean? I had way expensive cars back, back when I was, you know, active duty and that sort of stuff. And, Alex about this. Now I drive. Now I drive a Prius. Now I have it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I know how to use mine. I yeah. Well, I mean that's you know that's because I just bought it to keep up with you. Actually, uh, the camera is one of the least keeps up with the Joneses things that I do. I um I like this advice. This is good advice. It's very hard advice to take, uh, but it is good advice. Uh, but the most keep up with the Joneses thing I do, or the least keep up with the Joneses thing I do, is the camera because. This thing right here, dude, I take pictures with that that I process on my on my computer like diligently for hours that I never post because I don't care. Like I do that. I take those pictures. They're for me. I don't care if anybody sees them. I don't share 99% of them ever. And I'm like, eh, nobody cares. I don't care. I'm happy. I still, I buy the gear. Everybody loves. Love the fan- yeah, well, people have low standards. <laughs> <laughs> That's good advice. Though. That's good advice. Though we always make the Mustang jokes in this podcast, like, "Oh, the you know, buy that Mustang." It's like, bro, that's like literally one of the biggest mistakes. Just hold, just buy it in ten years. Every time you're like, "I want to buy that stupid car," it's like, you know, dude, in ten years, I guarantee, you know, my dream car. I'm like, they didn't make that car ten years ago. How did you have dreams about it? You know, <laughs> like, <laughs> like, just put that car off. That's usually the biggest one too. Yeah. yeah, just think how much money we'd have now if we would have taken the money that we spent on new cars and put it into real estate. Yeah, I'd be too just, rich. To just be, the new cars. I'd be too rich to be dicking around with this cup podcast. Yes, <laughs> 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 but true because I mean I joined in '08, right? I got stationed yeah. in San Diego in 2011. Had I bought a house in San Diego in 2011, I mean 
you know, obviously hindsight's 2020, but if I even knew that buying a house was a thing in 2011, I could have bought any house I could have shaken a tree at, no matter how terrible the buy was. And I would be we're living like a king in San Diego right now, but you know. Yeah. Yes. And you'd be too rich to be dicking around with this podcast too. I know. Like, I'm not getting Alex. Probably, probably wouldn't even have a mustache. I'd be such I'm a too prude. Good for that. Yeah. But in, Bro, 2011, when, in 2011, what were your car, motorcycle, boat payments added up? Probably enough for a mortgage, I bet you. I did have a brand new Harley. <laughs> I got out of that deployment. I bought a Harley, a truck, a sniper rifle, and yeah. <laughs> that sniper rifle doesn't get used very often. Said truck is now gone and the Harley I totaled. All very yeah. successful investments. <laughs> oh, I also bought tattoos and alcohol. Okay, I'd like to stand up. For, I'd like to. I'd like to stand up for alcohol, please. I did not say anything about that being a bad investment. What alcohol ever do to you, man? Yeah, uh, but yeah, that's a, such a common theme, and um, you know, I don't know what our, I don't know what the listener demographic is on the show, but my hope is if we can reach a couple of eighteen-year-olds and just be like, dude, just before you go buy the, not even eighteen-year-olds, twenty-year-olds, twenty-five-year-olds. You know, I bought the last time I bought a new car. I just bought a new car, but now I promise you, I can swing it. Last time I bought a new car was 10 years ago and I could not swing it. And I was 27. So it's not even the 18 year olds. It's, you know, 30 and below. It's like, dude, just don't buy that car. Yeah. Just, yeah, just stop. And if she won't bang you because you got a piece of shit, then. (laughs) Yeah. Not worth it. (laughs) She ain't worth it. Yeah. (laughs) Nothing you're driving is that cool anyway. So. Oh man. All right. (laughs) It's a good thing. The explicit box is checked. Uh, All right. So resources, right? If there's uh, what, what are some good, what's a resource that you would recommend anyone looking to get started in real estate, whether that's a book, a course, a website, podcast, uh, you know, astrology symbol. Um, Is this my, where I should obligatory say military to millionaire? No. Yes. Oh, okay. (laughs) Yes. No, No. I mean, what I think they're listening to this, they already found the resource. (laughs) Oh, okay. Yeah. To me, the best thing you can do, man, is when I first started, I lived and died with Realtor.com, Zillow.com, Craigslist, and, you know, all that stuff for my local market. I knew what a house cost, what I could rent it for, and what, what was a good deal. And so I could just scroll through and I could be like, boom, why is that house not, you know, that three bedroom, two bath house? Why is it so much cheaper than, than everything else? And so I, I just became an expert in my local market. And so now I can invest here and I can use that to learn and expand my knowledge. And then I can go into different markets if I want. But I think people try to fancy it up and start trying to study a different market and, and all that sort of stuff. And I think if they just took all those hours that they spend listening to podcasts and doing everything else, if they just use that to concentrate on their local market and become an expert at that local market, then then everything else becomes easy. So I don't know if that's any one resource or whatever, but that's what I would do. I think that's the best advice that I can give anybody. That's a way different answer than anything we've ever gotten for that. And I actually really like that. Like just study your area. And that's, yeah, it's a lot to be learned from that. Yeah. I like, and I, I can, like that advice. I could, I could look, I could look at a house and I could say, okay, this is 50,000, but I can rent it for seven fifty. You know what I mean? And I could just do that. I can do that now. And so yep. then that, that, that allows me to jump on something sooner than somebody else. I love this advice because if you can look at a deal, if you can know if it's a deal inside of five minutes, 
which if you know the market, you can, you're deadly. Yep. And that can't, you can't get a book for that. Like that's experience. That means spending time in your market. But that, like you said, Zillow, um, the MLS, if you have access to it, um, realtor.com, Craigslist, like these resources that give you market data. The first thing when somebody gives me an address, it's like Google Maps. I want to see Street View. I want to see the area and I want to see what Zillow says. How, you know, when was the last time it sold? What's the tax value? Like these things, like, you know, oh, I know the area. I know the market. I know the market rent is going to be. I know it's going to be worth when it's sold. I know it's not going to take a few, but you know what I mean? Like all these things. Like I know all those things about the market. The property just has to fit into the boxes. Oh, it's in this school district and it's this price. That's all I need to buy it. <laughs> yeah. Buy it. It doesn't matter. <laughs> yep. Exactly. And that's yeah. just because you, you, you know, your market and you can just jump on it. And a lot of our game is being the first, you know what I mean? And yeah. so if you can do that, that's, that's all you need. I bought a, I bought a duplex in May. And, uh, while I was under contract, a buddy of mine was like, Hey, can you help me learn how to analyze deals? So I jumped on a zoom call with him. I was like, you got any properties? He's like, no, I was like, okay, well, let's just use this one as an example. And I ran through it on the calculator or whatever on bigger pockets. And, uh, we got to the end and I was like, wow, that's really good. And he's like, well, what'd you get it the first time you ran it? I was like, oh, I've never run any numbers on this property. <laughs> he's like, what do you mean? I was like, uh, he's like, what, what? And I'm like, yeah. And it was funny. Cause I was like, I was literally closing like the next week. And I was just like, I just knew that that was a good price for this duplex. Yeah. Well, I knew what it would rent for. So whatever, right. like that's, which is interesting because one of my biggest gripes when I first started was that I lost on a three property deal for like a hundred grand in, in Republic. It popped up and I was like, Oh, that looks awesome. And then I spent like four hours analyzing everything about that deal. And then it was gone. Yeah. It was under contract that fast. And I remember sitting there and just going like, I knew that was a good deal. Like the moment it popped up, there was like that piece in me, but I just wasn't, I didn't know enough about the market yet to like, know. Um, so I think that's huge. That's great advice. I love that advice. Where Thanks. can people get a hold of Marty Tyler if they would like to reach out? Um, I'm not the biggest, uh, social media guy. Um, you can find me on the military millionaire Facebook site. Um, you know, anything like that, they can just shoot me a message on Facebook or whatever. I think it's under Marty Tyler. Uh, so yeah, you can just do it that way, but they can email me too. I don't care. Tyler.stars2005 at gmail.com. Make sure you put 2005 in there, bud. Yeah. Otherwise you'll send Tyler a zoom link for a recording a <laughs> podcast and you'll be like, where is this guy? And then he'll be texting you saying he didn't get your, not that I'm speaking from experience, but yeah, allegedly. Yeah, allegedly. Um, <laughs> <laughs> hey, Marty, thank you for, well, very much for agreeing to join us on this podcast. Also, thank you for rescheduling on me last week as I asked you super last minute because I was running off to do something else and was like, uh, I can't do all this stuff. Marty, can you do next week? And you agreed. Um, so I appreciate that and I appreciate all the help and everything in the market. I look forward to, I should be back there four or five months and uh, rocking it out. We'll, we'll hit up some tax auctions together. I'll bring 80 bucks. You bring 10 bucks, which, you know, we'll see what happens. We'll roll the dice, baby. <laughs> I, I got, I got 90 bucks to gamble on real estate all day. I buy day 10 yeah. $90 properties and one of those things will work out. <laughs> all right, boys. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. Mario, this is awesome. Thank you so much. Yeah. Thank you for listening to another episode about my journey from military to millionaire. If you liked it, be sure to visit from military to millionaire.com slash podcast to subscribe to future podcasts. 
While you're there, we'd love for you to rate the show, give us a review on iTunes. Now get out there and take action.